We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Business Matters, presented by Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union, where we delve into the stories and insights of leaders and change makers and change makers in our community. I'm your host, Rob Capello, and today we have a special episode featuring two remarkable guests from the healthcare technology sector. Joining us are Dr. Kevin Wade, uh, co-founder and chief medical officer, and Jeff Van Dyke, CEO and co-founder of Gravity, a company uh, that's really changing the way we look at home care. So you guys, thank you for uh, joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having thanks, us. Rob. No problem. So we're going to jump into learn about your guys' journey and um, what you guys are doing with Gravity. But before we do, I'm curious, um, let's go back a little bit. And what inspired you guys to the creation of Gravity? When was uh, the aha moment that led to sort of the inception and how did it all come together? Um, you guys having coffee one day and go, hey, let's start this company. So how did that all come together? For sure. Kevin, do you want to start? Sure. Yeah, I can start with that. Um, I'm a palliative care physician in Victoria, and I do a mix of, of inpatient work, like in the hospital, as well as outpatient work through BC Cancer and, and in the community. And really, it was about hearing and listening to the stories that my patients tell me. So a lot of the people I look after are very sick, um, and a great many of them would rather be in their own home than be in hospital. And I have the privilege of uh, a lot of physicians don't get to see their patients both in home and in hospital, and I do um, and understanding some of the things that led to them coming into hospital, which was that they weren't able to get sufficient home supports. Often their medical needs are, are well covered by, you know, occasional clinic visits or seeing family doctors or seeing specialists and so on. But it's the actual like the day to day care piece, what in medicine we call the activities of daily living. So, you know, dressing themselves, eating foods, getting to the bathroom, getting bathed, all of those pieces were difficult for them to achieve. And some of that's done through the health authorities and some of it's done through private health care uh, or home care, pardon me. But um, the, the real challenge was that a lot of them weren't able to find someone who they could sort of rely on and have a direct relationship with. And I started to think that there was a, a way that we could sort of technologically solve that um, by building direct relationships with people. I don't have anything sort of a business or programming background, though, so it was pretty crucial for me to be introduced to Jeff as well through a, a mutual friend uh, in Kelowna. And Jeff can probably take it from there in terms of our original uh, um, meet cute. Absolutely. Um, thanks, Kevin. Um, as Kevin mentioned, uh, we got uh, introduced by a mutual colleague or, or friend uh, who's in um, uh, in my McKay CEO forum. And uh, when he mentioned that Kevin was was thinking about this concept of uh, of a marketplace to match home care providers to patients, I was really excited. I had uh, just sold my last company to a, to a public company that was based in Canada and I spent some time working with the new owners and I was looking for a new challenge. And, uh, and this was really exciting. Um, I've, I've been in software and, uh, 
uh, running running the business now for oh, a couple of decades, I guess. I won't I won't put the actual number down, but uh, uh, you know, I've, I've I've done everything from from staff scheduling to patient scheduling, and then getting into health and well being. So the the opportunity to do something that has the potential to directly help and impact uh, individuals was really exciting to me. So I was I was so stoked uh, to hear about gravity. And then, uh, you know, Kevin and I had a chance to meet each other. And uh, um, I mean, Kevin's an amazing person. He has an amazing background and uh, and coming up with this amazing idea um, just uh, felt like it was serendipity and just brought everything together. So I guess the rest is history and uh, moving on into the future. That's great. And I love how you guys brought both sides together. Like uh, Kevin, you were saying you need the tech side. And I think you guys had a great marriage or so for why don't you tell us about gravity? What like what? Who is it? What is it? Um, and how is your approach different than maybe existing traditional methods that we have out there right now? Sure. Um, uh, I guess where we're really different is that uh, we don't hire carry aids directly. Uh, we've okay. built a, a marketplace that's similar to uh, Skip the Dishes or an Uber. Uh, where we where we create a marketplace and use technology to create the connections and manage the the business tools for the carry aid. Um, you know the 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 kind of the premise is that we want to put more power into both the uh, the individual, whether it be a, a care caregiver or a family member, uh, or the patient themselves, to self advocate for their health and their their well being. And then on the care provider side, we want to create opportunity uh, for care providers to run their own businesses, the opportunity to earn more money, have more control over their schedules, and also have more control over their, their ability to, to, to do the work that they're best suited for and, and provide the services that make the most sense for them. Kevin, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I'd say, you know, just compared to sort of the, the traditional model of, of home care, usually people have a relationship with the company itself. They hire an agency and then that agency just tries to find someone or anyone that can go in and provide care to the patient. And that that creates a high amount of bureaucracy and overhead for the company providing that. And what that translates into is higher costs for the patient. Uh, the typical home care agency will charge the patient, you know, somewhere between two and three times what it is that they're turning around and paying their, their health curator, community health workers. And, and to me, that just adds cost and adds difficulty. And the fact that their relationship isn't directly with the care provider means that there's less engagement on either side. Uh, one of the things that I like is being able to follow my patients longitudinally. And I wanted to try and, and share that and spread that with community health workers to give them some more autonomy and control over their careers. And also for patients to give some more autonomy and control over who it is that's walking through their door each day to help dress them or bathe them. So how does that process work? Can you, can you walk us through how to that sort of matching a patient to a, a home care provider? Like how, how does, what does that look like? Yeah, Jeff, that's sort of, I mean, I guess an algorithm question in some way. So, I mean, I, I can certainly talk to what characteristics people are looking for, but I think Jeff can talk more through the, the sure. details of that process. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it's using technology and all the all the amazing uh, attributes of technology that that we can apply. And Kevin talks about the algorithm, but I think it's it's uh, it boils down to um, 
matching patients with with providers that are best suited to to their situation and their needs and that can be anything from the um you know the activities of daily living that they need support with um to to the location um, or, or how close they live to available care providers uh, care providers availability um, the types of skills or the types of services that care providers want to offer and and everybody's unique and everyone's personal so we need to we need to make room for the human element in that we want to provide them with the options that we see the best meet their needs but then give them the tools available to make choices based on their their personal unique individual likes, wants, um, personalities, all of those things. Um, so, so uh, you know, we talk about algorithms, but if we're doing our job right, the algorithms are gonna, gonna do their magic in the background and nobody's gonna notice that. It's gonna feel like there's a really human process in place. And, and is there all types of home care services you guys offer? Is there a certain types or, or, or is it all in, in not, you know, I'm not that familiar with the industry, so maybe, <laughs> I'm using the wrong terminology, but is there is there uh, different types of home services you can get from working with Gravity? Uh, absolutely. Uh, right now, we're focused on the registered HCA, which is a healthcare assistant uh, or, or community health worker. Uh, we made that decision uh, intentionally just to to make sure that we have qualified uh, accredited professionals on the platform and we're using that to help build trust with our market and make sure that we're delivering services that are that are that meet the medical needs of our patients um, there there may be opportunity in the future to open that up to uh, more of a companionship approach or 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 um, uh, I'm not even sure what the the terminology would be for it right now but you know things like helping with cooking or cleaning or transportation. Uh, or even just matching people if they if they have a need for for just spending time with someone, uh, but at the moment we're really focused on on the HCA the carried side of things, and then we'll expand that out. So I'm curious. The terminology. Oh, sorry, I was going to add oh, something. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, just saying like the terminology that you'd hear in British Columbia is talking about what are called home supports. Um, and home supports is something that's outside, like there's there's community health units that provide nurses and stuff. And we're not trying to to change that at all. This is more about the extra pieces that that the government and generally sort of a lot of places don't look at as healthcare, but it's something that improves people's health by allowing them to be independent and remain in their own home rather than having to be either hospitalized or move into long-term care. Or for my patients, it's often the difference between being able to be in their own home and going to hospice. So, and maybe this jumps into the next question and is, what are the challenges you're seeing right now in, I'll say, modern healthcare, specifically with a focus on home care and the issue that or the problem or the, where you guys are addressing it and help solving it? Like, and and I'm sure we can take hours just talking about what your challenge, what you think the challenges are in modern healthcare. But maybe we speak around sort of the home care side of it. Yeah, I mean, it, the central challenge is a demographic one, and that's something that people are facing. This is not a British, very, very much a sort of Western Europe and North America wide problem that the population is aging and people are having fewer children to look after them. Um, and what that creates is a health human resource challenge where there's not as many caregivers uh, or sorry, care providers, I guess I should say, you know, and and a lot of elderly people with care needs. 
uh, in British Columbia, for example, now we have over 20% of the population above the age of 65. Uh, that number is only going up. By 2030, it'll be over 30% of the population over the age of 65. And so we're, you know, that is that demographic transition is a challenge for healthcare everywhere. I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I work in a hospital most of the time, and I know that we never have a free bed. You know, a free bed lasts maybe an hour, and then we have another patient come up from the emergency department, and the emergency departments are backed up with patients waiting for beds, and the hospital is backed up with patients waiting for long-term care. So that that central challenge of, of demography, I mean, the math is pretty merciless on that. And the solution that we're offering is something where people can perhaps uh, remain independent, remain in their home, um, and try to actually sort of, you know, thrive there rather than being institutionalized, whether it's to a hospital, to a long-term care setting, or again, in my case, to hospice, um, and and allowing them to sort of have the 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 extra care that they need, not necessarily the 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 healthcare, because a lot of the time it's the central issue is more around frailty and a slow decline, whether it's physical in terms of frailty, whether it's cognitive in terms of memory loss or, or other forms of cognitive impairment. And it's not necessarily something that they're gonna come into hospital and have fixed, like the traditional healthcare model where it's like, okay, you get sick, you go to your family doctor, and if you have a crisis, you go to the eMERGE and they figure things out and then you get better and then you go home. That doesn't necessarily work after the demographic transition means that a lot of people have these chronic issues that aren't entirely fixable, that they just require more care and we have to meet them where they are rather than continuously trying to fix them and just deal with the acute problem. So you guys are, are fairly new doing this, right? Like in, in a sense from gravity perspective and I suspect that you're an industry that doesn't necessarily change quickly, the health industry. So what has been the early adoption? Like, what are you guys, and I think, Jeff, if you're, I think you said like a month in Victoria or, or weeks, I don't know. But so, but, but just what's the initial reaction? Is it, is it, are you being embraced by, by uh, care providers? Like what, what, what are you feeling? What are you hearing right now? Uh, absolutely. Um, first and foremost, the reception has been, incredibly positive everyone we talk to um seems to to get the idea and and love the concept um our our adoption rate so far has been really really good on the provider side um you know it's that that was a little bit of a surprise to be honest we expected that market to be a, a bit harder to to crack into mostly because we recognize that there is a shortage of resources but i think that that speaks to maybe a change in society where, where people are looking for alternative ways of working and earning money for, for and, and having more flexibility and more, more control over, over how they work. Um, the patient side has, has, uh, has had positive results as well, um, but has been a little bit slower to, to uh, evolve. And I think part of that was that we started really focusing on building the, the care provider side of our marketplace first to make sure that we had people to solve or, or people to, to meet the needs of the patient. So we're very early on still, so we're really working on building up our, our marketplace. But so far, uh, I'm extremely excited about the reception we've had. Kevin, how about, because you're, uh, you know, as you work in palliative care, how do you see gravity in maybe the technology impacting even just palliative care specifically? I, I think the biggest thing that I would like to see is us to be able to deliver more care at home. And that means focusing in on on what actually kind of matters to these people that that often we're able, you know, a lot of a big portion of what we do in palliative care is simply 
to management and often we're able to control symptoms, um, but symptoms are controlled and people can get increasingly weak and frail and need help with those activities of daily living where otherwise they wouldn't be able to be in their own home. I see people who come into hospital to have, you know, even on the palliative care unit to have sort of what we would characterize as aggressive symptom management where we're changing their medications, we're starting infusions, we're doing things to get something like pain or nausea under control. And they get better, they improve, it often works very well, but they get better in the sense that they are now less symptomatic and more comfortable, but still not necessarily capable of looking after themselves at home. And um, I think traditionally that burden would have fallen to families and, and what we call family caregivers uh, to look after them. And, and more and more commonly nowadays, we see family where either um, they don't have that support that they need or their family is distant and people are a little bit more disconnected. So for me in palliative care, what I, what I like and what I support is when people can be in their own environment and supported in their own environment. And so gravity is an attempt to kind of supplement what is already available. So, I mean, there are home supports available from the health authority. There's, there's private home care agencies, but I've never found that to be particularly uh, able to meet the needs of the patients that I see. And so trying to sort of square that circle and keep people in their homes for longer and in doing so, like it's not the objective of it, um, but the eventual outcome of that will also be that we have more beds available in hospital for the people when they do need that aggressive symptom management. Like if fewer people, if people are able to go home sooner because they can get somebody to help them to the bathroom at home, then they don't necessarily need to wait in hospital while someone else is at home suffering for that lack of a bed. It's interesting. Do you, do we consider gravity the future of home, like what you guys are doing, the future of home care? Like where, where do you see it going? Because it was interesting. I mean, in our industry, AI is big, obviously in the marketing world. And just recently I saw a post that a company assigned an AI robot to be their CEO. This is like real, like I'm not making that up. Like, so where do you see the future of home care heading? Like, is this it? Is this the future of what we're talking about today? Trying to get people staying home, not not going into you know hospice hospitals where maybe is that sort of where we want to go or where you see it going i absolutely think this is a starting point um there's a lot of talk you're right about medicine being a very conservative world and and a world of skepticism right uh you know where it's like okay well this didn't work and it takes 10 to 20 years to affect change um but i absolutely think that this is the start and being able to support people with these simple straightforward pieces to find the people that can help keep them in their home and then after we do that, then you can expand that outwards and sort of down to over to different skill levels, you know, having more and more nursing in the home rather than focusing on, okay, well, let's bring them into hospital to do nursing and being able to keep track of people remotely uh, in the in the sort of more acute medical world that I don't work in as well. The, the corollary to that is what's called hospital at home, which is a huge growth area in both the United States and here where we're trying to do more and more acute care outside the hospital just with remote monitoring. And I can see gravity being able to expand and assist those areas. But the, the fundamental shift here is trying to think outside the bricks and mortar of the hospital and trying to think how much more can we do without somebody having to come into the emergency department, which is overcrowded and unpleasant and nobody wants to be there um, and try to keep them in their home where they can be most comfortable. Interesting. I do uh, think there's a role for that to expand you know, outwards and, and eventually to be sort of the standard way that healthcare is delivered. Yeah, no, I, I, I thank you for that. So, I mean, I, I mean, I love that we're 
that you are pushing the envelope and not doing what everyone's done in the past. So I think that's, you know, kudos to you guys on that. And I think that comes from a technology side too. And Jeff, I'm curious, like you come with a technology background. How did you find marrying sort of technology in the medical field? Like that, 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 that I don't know, I want to use the word transition for you. You know, we're, for sure. we're, I know you had lots of experience, but how did you find that? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, it's, I'm not sure how I ended up. <laughs> in the healthcare software industry, um, but but once I kind of got into that field, um, it kept kept my hooks and uh, and I think it's, it's it's really just a personal endeavor to to try and help improve the system in in some way using the the skill set that I feel like I'm best at and and, and that skill set has evolved from being just a, a software developer into into being a leader and and an entrepreneur. Um, but you know, really, there's there's truly an underlying desire here to um, to improve the system, take a load off the system, make it more efficient. Um, you know, whether it's from a scheduling perspective and trying to optimize scheduling to to uh, prevention and trying to keep people out of the hospital, uh, and then ultimately trying to to care for people um, when 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 they need that care. Uh, and just affect and take that that particular load off the system. I've talked to so many people, and and um, I don't think I've talked to anyone that doesn't have a personal story, whether it's it's themselves, their family members, or or a friend who hasn't had an experience where home care has affected them, has been needed, and and in many cases, unfortunately, the 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 uh, the experience was a negative experience, and and we want to turn that around and make it positive, and at the same time, just just you know take a load off the system and and provide better care for people in general. And that's great. Thing. And, and you guys right now are two locations, correct? You're Victoria and Central Okanagan. What are the plans? Like, I know we're early. You're like, I know you're like, we're just yeah. on Victoria. Just like, uh, but, you know, what, what, where are the plans next? Are we going to see services uh, beyond BC or the rest of BC? Definitely. Um, you know, being being from Kelowna and Kevin from Victoria uh, and and kind of trying to marry the, the human and personal side with technology, it just made perfect sense for us to to start within our home home locations. Um, you know, it's, it's, we, we have our connections in the central Okanagan in Victoria, uh, we have boots on the ground, we can, we can go and visit uh, independent living uh, organizations, we can talk to the, the doctors and the, and the pharmacists and, and the seniors organizations and, and so on. Um, we plan to open up to the rest of BC very soon, uh, probably in the next week or two. Um, we'll grow slowly through the rest of BC, I think, to start with as we pick up steam. And then, of course, uh, we do we want to we want to go across Canada and uh, we want to we want to improve uh, everything across Canada. We're considering the U.S. as an option. Um, it's it's a different model. It's something that takes a uh, takes some some analysis and some planning. Um, but of course, it's uh, it's it's a much bigger market than we have here in Canada. So you know, there, there's lots of opportunity down there from a business perspective. So it'd be silly not to uh, not to think about it and plan for it. So uh, I don't I don't have the timeline for that yet, but it's definitely <laughs> the cards. Um, what are you doing this weekend? No. Um, uh, well, this weekend, absolutely. <laughs> I'm planning our BC launch. <laughs> um, you know, Jeff, you spoke a little bit about sort of the why you do this, but Kevin, to you, I know you probably have a lot on your plate. It sounds like you have, you know, in, in what you're doing, why, what motivates you to do this? What, what, like, what, where's the passion come from to actually really make yeah. it on the care side? 
Um, I, I mean, I, so I'll preface this by saying my background's in the military and I got into medicine somewhat later. And, and so I've been a physician here in Victoria for three years. And then I was a physician for five years in Kelowna before that. Okay. Um, I think I'll be, you know, working in palliative care in Victoria for probably the rest of my career and, and likely for, you know, 20 to 25 years or so. And it is looking at the past, I would say like the central it's challenge has been over the past three years, our capacity issues have gotten worse. And I have a hard time seeing that changing. And I wouldn't want to be here doing the same work that I'm doing as a palliative care physician 20 years from now and sit back and think, I wish I had tried to fix something 20 years ago. Um, and so I wanted to start doing something now, something to say, well, this is, a, this is an opportunity for us to to fix something rather than just continuing to get by, which it often feels like in healthcare, you often feel like you're just trying to get through the week and through till your Friday afternoon um, or through the weekend if you're on call. Um, and, uh, and so wanting, wanting to build something and something that would help the patients that I see sort of day in and day out was really the central thing to bring me to this. Interesting. Jeff, how about you? Is there something else you want? I know you kind of spoke a little bit about sort of the why you're doing this. Is there anything else you want to add to that? Uh, it's just a great opportunity to 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 bring multiple passions that I have together, you know, from from um, technology and building great technology to um, having uh, or growing a company with an amazing team and 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 phenomenal culture, and at the same time being able to help the healthcare system. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a win-win-win opportunity, and uh, and how could you say no to that? I, I'm uh, I'm I'm blessed to have this opportunity. So, in closing, if people that are listening, and you know, is there anything you want to share to listeners that maybe we haven't covered, especially you know anyone that's either considering home care for themselves or for their loved ones? Is there is there something that we can kind of leave with them if they're interested in learning more? Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have a conversation with anyone that is interested or has questions. Um, you know, we're we're not the typical tech company that uh, that that uh, answers with uh, with robots that that don't actually help you. Um, you know, we want to be there for everybody and and help help provide care, um, and we'll do our very best uh, along the way. Uh, we you have that as our promise, and and we're here to do that. That's great. Kevin, anything you want to end with? Yeah, just that, you know, we're here to help and we hear, we're here to try and, and fix a problem for patients and for British Columbians. Um, so starting to think about everything that we can do, everything that we can change. And for me, giving people autonomy and control and independence matters so much. Um, and so if we can do that, even move the needle a little bit, then it's all worth it. Amazing. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I think I love your, you know, your passion, dedication, transforming home care through technology is it is inspiring. I know it's a, it's an it's probably a little bit of an uphill battle, but I love that you guys are are, are doing it. So, um, thank you so much for sharing your journey and vision with us. And I'm hoping that people are listening just gives them a little bit of understanding on sort of the strides you guys are making in healthcare. So, thank you for taking the time and talking to me today. What's well, a pleasure, and thank you. Awesome. Thank you very much, Rob. Everyone else, if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and share the podcast with your friends. And for any feedback, please uh, reach out to us. And until next time, thank you for tuning into Business Matters and have a great day. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.
We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive.